email has to fit in to the rest of your business and all of the other touch points. You don't want it to feel totally different than the way that you would speak or interact with people on social media or if you were on a call with them. It should reflect really the tone of your brand, the way that you speak. And I do like to use it very conversationally for the most part. So I think at first, what I like to do is kind of pull back and understand where is it that your customers start like before they're even customers, when they first find your brand and ultimately where are they trying to go? And I say, where are they trying to go? Because that's what we have to remember is that we are a solution to a problem for them. Welcome to Scale Your Course. If designing and delivering a scalable course has got you feeling overworked, overwhelmed, and just plain tapped out, you're not alone. I'm Tracy Sheriff, and in this podcast, you'll listen to a combination of solo episodes and powerhouse interviews where we'll share tips, strategies, and insider insights into how you can successfully design and deliver a scalable course. Prepare to reach your next level business goals without compromising your health and wealth with the Scale Your Course podcast. Welcome back to Scale Your Course. In today's episode, I get the privilege of interviewing Joe Kearns, Joe is the founder of the Email Made Easy system, and if that doesn't perk up your ears, it really should. Joe owns a marketing agency focused on helping brands create email marketing strategies and systems that grow revenue and relationships. He teaches creators, personal brands, and coaches how to really leverage email marketing and automation to nurture their subscribers, make more sales, and build relationships through email. Now, if you're anything like me, email isn't your friend. And I talk about that quite openly. In fact, I think I even refer to email as evil. But kidding aside, really, I understand the necessity of email in my business, yet I still put it on the back burner. I get frustrated with what to write, when to write, how to write. And in this episode, Joe tackles some of those more beginner strategies. Now, I don't really necessarily like to think of myself as a beginner, but because I've never really moved beyond those initial strategies, I really still am. Now, for those of you who are interested in more advanced strategies, I encourage you to listen to this episode and then stay tuned because the next published episode of Skill Your Course will be part two with Joe. And in that part two, Joe is going to be sharing with us some of his more advanced tips on how you can really get to know your customers and build out that customer journey in a more advanced way. So without further ado, here's my interview with Joe. Welcome, 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 Joe, to Skill Your Course. I've been looking forward to this interview because email is not my friend. And I'm hoping (laughs) that you will be able to provide some clarity for me and everyone else that's listening to the episode because it is a necessary evil as far as I'm concerned. So I'd love for you to just start by introducing yourself and and telling us a little bit about you and how you got interested in email to begin with. Yeah, well, thank you. It's a it's a pleasure to be here to talk about email because I can I can also agree that I do not love spending time in my inbox and so it's it's kind of ironic, you know, we end up so rooted in the things that we kind of want to fix and uh, and make better. So uh, my background is is kind of all over the place in terms of how we ended up in in marketing actually my 
master's degree is in performance psychology. And I came from kind of a health and fitness background working on uh, resilience training. I was actually a master resilience trainer for the army. And so a lot of it was just focusing in on performance psychology. How do we actually understand what makes people tick? How do we help them with things like habit development, behavior modification, resilience and emotional training and things like that. And eventually that got me into the world of entrepreneurship because to be honest, just a lot of that uh, research and what we have in academia doesn't make its way back out into the private sector. And so I actually ended up first in uh, health and fitness, which a lot of my background was in using email marketing technology by accident to develop member onboarding and retention programs. Really, that was because email marketing technology was the one tool I found that allowed you to put the right message in front of the right person at the right time, which fundamentally is how you get anybody to be able to, to change behaviors. Um, and so I kind of used it like it was an AI coach in a way. And from there, I got really good at the technology, understood the strategy really well, ended up branching out from doing just member onboarding and retention and using email marketing for all sorts of evergreen campaigns and setting up really scalable automation systems for all sorts of different brands. And honestly, I think it was that initial beginning of using email to provide as much value in a relevant way as possible that ended up kind of hooking me in and realizing that this was a really powerful technology and strategy for all sorts of different businesses. Yeah, you've touched on so many important functions of email, like the way you can use it in your business. And I think that's what makes it feel overwhelming for me anyways. And, and I think when I speak about myself, I'm speaking about a lot of people in my audience because they're all at similar stages of business and, and how we're, you know, moving our content forward and out into the world. But it, there just seems to be so many things that you can do. It makes it really hard to know what to do and where to focus mm -hmm. your time and attention, whether that be in your onboarding sequence of people just joining your list for the first time, then depending on your products and your sales and all of those kinds of things. I, I just find it really overwhelming in general. Mm. So I think You've hit on a couple important things, though, for me around onboarding as being a really critical time. And also, we can't forget about the retention piece, right? That's a really, really important Absolutely. part. So one of the things I'll just share with the audience here is that we've decided prior to hitting record that we're actually going to make this a two-part series. So we're going to start with talking a little bit about how to use email when you're really just starting to get started and, and when you're putting out that first course or product into the world. And then we'll move into part two, which will be some more advanced strategies around how to use email timing and all of the right things. I mean, we'll get into that a little bit later. You'll be able to more eloquently describe it than I am, but how we can use automation and, and the email to continue to nurture and support your clients or customers through the journey. Today, we're going to just focus on sort of that beginning beginning piece of it. So where would you like to start? Well, I think the beginning piece is kind of the most fun because it's not really just about email at all. It's more about kind of understanding at that 30,000 foot view, what that customer journey is. Because one thing I see people overlook a lot is that email has to fit in to the rest of your business and all of the other touch points. You don't want it to feel totally different than the way that you would speak or interact with people on social media, or if you were on a call with them, it should reflect really the tone of your brand, the way that you speak. 
And I do like to use it very conversationally for the most part. So I think at first, what I like to do is kind of pull back and understand where is it that your customers start like before they're even customers, when they first find your brand and ultimately where are they trying to go? And I say, where are they trying to go? Because that's what we have to remember is that we are a solution to a problem for them. We help deliver results and get them an outcome. And the way that email fits into that is it can kind of track along with some of these milestones. And like we'll talk about in some of the advanced strategies, we can automate some of those touch points. We can use integrations and things to listen for those. But you don't have to worry about that right at the beginning. You can really focus on and say, okay, when somebody first comes to me, what are the initial problems they have? And then as you start to build email sequences, you'll realize, okay, first I have to help them solve that problem. And there's a lot of strategies. You're going to have existing content. There might be trainings, things that you already have created that you can then fill in to those sequences where, well, now I know why I'm writing these emails because I feel like so much of the overwhelm that people have around email marketing is just not really understanding all the parts of how it fits in. And so it feels like, oh, I just have to write an email. I just have to send that newsletter. But then it can feel really scattered both to you and to the subscribers. So I think the first place to start is always thinking about what is the journey I need to take them on and then start to kind of chop that down into these milestones. First, they need to learn this. They need to have this belief. I need to help solve this problem. They need to get this result. And again, that can be as, as nuanced as it needs to be depending on, on your business and the result that it drives. But uh, I think you've, you've done a lot of the same things when it comes to curriculum development as well. Like within a course, it could be very similar. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched earlier in your introduction on how academia or, or those concepts around psychology don't always translate into the private sector. And that's how I feel about what I do and put out into the world is that I want to sort of help them understand some of that educational psychology piece that they can build in to create a better experience, right? And so you're talking similarly with the email strategy. That that's absolutely it. And I mean, a, a strategy in general, thinking about how do you provide value? And I almost, I almost hate saying that phrase so many times about provide value, because I think it gets, it gets kind of lost, you know, but really what we're saying is we need to help somebody achieve a specific result. And so this is, comes into something that we can discuss a little bit as well, which is how you structure individual emails, but you kind of take the same approach within email sequences. So let's just take this initial entry point when somebody comes into your brand, for example. So you have a freebie, you have a lead magnet or some opt-in where somebody joins your list. Well, the only reason they're going to do that is because they're expecting some specific benefit, right? So usually a good lead magnet promises to solve a problem or provide some specific result. Now, of course, hopefully the actual freebie or the lead magnet itself does a good job of solving that problem for them. But sometimes people need a little extra support. You might need to be able to kind of Hold, hold them accountable, give them a little bit of handholding, whatever it is to make sure that they stick with it and uh, be able to actually build that trust with you as someone who can help them. So in that email sequence, what I like to do is think about when they first come in, they are in the before state, right? They still have the problem. Then some transformation needs to take place to get them to the after state. The email sequence can be the bridge that gets them there. So you might say, okay, and let, let's take this to kind of an easy example of, of something in fitness, because I feel like we all can relate to the struggles of, of fitness and you know, how, how difficult of a process that can be to achieve results. Well, when somebody first comes in, let's say you, know, you have a lead magnet or something that was around uh, you know, meal prep for weight loss or something that can be as big or as small of a challenge as, as you want to approach it. 
you might know that, okay, well, some of the biggest challenges that people are going to come into with this is, well, they believe that the ingredients are too expensive or that there's going to be too much cooking and cleaning or that their kids aren't going to like those meals. There's a lot of potential objections when somebody comes in. Well, you might not want to throw all of those in the lead magnet because that could become pretty overwhelming or messy to put all of those solutions or objections or all that content into one format. But you might then drip that out in some emails over the week because you know that might be a sticking point they hit. And so if you have these kind of come out at the right time and provide these, uh, these additional strategies, it can really help validate when they hit these sticking points as, okay, it's not just me. Okay, they have a solution for this. And that kind of builds this trust that by the end of that email sequence, you might have helped give them some additional strategies, resolve some objections, maybe even show some social proof or testimonials of other people who believed that was going to be a challenge and they overcame it with this. So by the end of that sequence, they have the strategies, they have the belief, they have proof, they have trust, all of these things you've kind of cultivated over a series of emails where now you've kind of gotten them to that after state. So again, they came in with a problem, you use the emails and the content as a bridge to help get them towards that transformation or solution at the end of it. And then of course, that becomes the beginning state for the next stage of the journey. Because once they've solved that problem, well, it introduces a new problem. And that's kind of your job is just to continue to string those things together until you get them to the ultimate result, which of course can be you know, much more significant than just the meal prep. Maybe it's they want to lose 30 pounds or something that's going to take a little bit more support over time. There'll be new challenges. But yeah, that's, that's kind of how I like to strategically approach a, a lot of the different elements of, of planning this out. Yeah, well, you're talking my language because you're talking about taking something and breaking it down into small parts and giving them little bits at a time. And But it sounds like you're sprinkling in those quick wins along the way so that they're wanting to stay engaged and moving forward so that you can give them that ultimate ultimate trophy at the end, whatever mm-hmm. it is they're trying to <laughs> seek. And for you too, as, as a business owner, I'm sure a lot of people will come in with freebies first, right? So this is one of the things that I always struggle with is how much do you give in the email that allows people to see that you can get them a result, but doesn't eliminate the opportunity or the desire, I guess is a better word for them to want to actually move into a paid offer of some kind. As a fantastic question. And it is a delicate balance. And I have to say that it, it depends largely on your brand and your audience because it kind of depends on the problems that you're solving, right? And within that, I would say there's certain schools of thought that believe that what you should do is you should teach the what and the why, but not the how. And then you kind of keep the how more within the course. So you're, you're kind of giving them a little bit of the roadmap about, hey, this is why it matters and this is what you need to do but we're not going to dive into all of the individual steps here that can be reserved for your paid product or your course. That's one school of thought. And I definitely agree with that in certain cases, but I think that you build a lot of trust when you do still show them enough of the how that they can see that you are effective at helping them actually solve problems, not just kind of illuminating their problems and giving them some strategies, but actually giving them the steps to resolve it. Because at the end of the day, the most important thing is that they trust you. And one of the best ways to build trust is to prove that you can actually help them. So I I think that what you said about quick wins is perfect. That's exactly how I would approach it. It's stringing together quick wins because then they have the confidence, they have momentum, and there's so much more into the relationship than purely transactions, right? Like there has to be this underlying level of, hey, every time I open an email, 
I get value. There's something in it and I'm able to like implement it and I get some kind of result. Like subconsciously when we program people, that's that habit development, right? Then they start opening, not because of the subject line, but because they see the from name that it's from you. That's when you have real power. And so that's what I always start with. I think the quick wins could be one of the most pressing problems that they're facing. And again, you're not gonna be able to solve huge problems through one email, but you might say, well, I know this is top of mind for them. And what is one strategy that takes them maybe five minutes or less, right? Because we're all busy. We don't have a ton of time, especially when they barely know you. And I would say, if I can get them that quick win that makes progress towards a significant result, doesn't have to deliver the significant result, but it can show them they're on the road to solving it. Then you kind of use that 30,000 foot view again to pull back and show, okay, now if you want to make big progress on that, now here's how we can help. So I think it, it still needs to deliver the same result that your product might. But again, like you said, don't, don't give away everything because then, well, first off, you could overwhelm them on accident by giving them too much. But at the same time, you do have a business, you do have a product, it's okay to sell it. I think that's an excuse people make sometimes is they just feel uncomfortable asking for the sale. So they want to give everything away. And I think you, you can strike a balance, but uh, I, I do agree that can be that can be a little tricky sometimes. Yeah, I think the other challenge is, you know, even as you're talking right now, I'm thinking about my own audience, and I'm already some of what you're saying is is allowing me to think differently about how I might approach a new email sync sequence or a new freebie to a sequence. But I know what happens. I go to sit down to actually do the thing. Like, you know, if I got off this call with you right now and I start opening up my document to start doing all my brainstorming, I, I, I crash. Like then it's mm -hmm. like, okay, where do I start? So do you have any tips? Sure. This is perfect. So let's just start with uh, an email sequence for somebody who like recently entered your list. And it, it doesn't have to be necessarily the lead magnet, but uh, one way that I like to plan this is say the most low friction way to get this done is to utilize the content you already have because you've already put the work in. You've created the blogs, you've created the videos, the social media posts. And I find that to be one of the quickest ways to say you've already put stuff out there that has resonated with your audience and we can repurpose that into emails. So planning how you put that in is where some of the strategy comes in as well. So what I like to do when somebody's kind of struggling to come up with ideas is I say, first, let's just sit down and write out all of the questions that you regularly get from your audience. And so think about these as like the FAQs that you typically get. And it wouldn't be about your product. It would be about the problems that they have. And if you sit down and list out all of those problems, after a while, you'll realize you're kind of like searching, you know, it's like, okay, I don't get these all the time, but like occasionally I hear these. That's, that's good enough because the, the most important ones that you get all the time are going to pop to mind probably right away because most likely you've created content around it. You get emails about it. You get DMs about it. Then, so go back through that list and then just find around the top five of those that you're like, I hear these all the time. This is what my audience struggles with over and over again. I feel like I'm always repeating myself. That's really good because that means it's probably one of the top three pain points they have in their life if it's always coming up. Then from that, attach that to a piece of content. So write all those problems down and then say, okay, what content do I have that provides at least some form of solution to that problem or that question that people have? And so I put this in a spreadsheet. I have something that I call the content idea generator. And so I go down, I have a whole list, a column of all of the FAQs and all of the problems. And then right next to that, I have content solution. Okay. What do I already have that solves this problem? And if it's blank, if I don't have any content, then that's a pretty good place to start is, okay, wow, maybe I have a gap 
in my content strategy here because I haven't really created a good solution for this. So I've got the problem or the FAQ, and then I've got the content that it solves. Then that's where I like to sit down and say, okay, do these present in any particular order, right? Because the wrong or the, the, the right content at the wrong time is still the wrong thing, right? Timing is everything when it comes to curriculum, when it comes to uh, being able to try to help someone and provide value, there's, there's so much more to timing. So then I try to put these in a meaningful order where, okay, maybe they, they seem to run into this problem first. And then after they solve that, here's the next question they have or the next problem that they're faced with. When I have that, then I try to string these into an email sequence that starts to address those primary problems they're going to present with and just provide those quick wins, like you mentioned. Because again, we don't have to fully solve any individual problem if it's you know a big overarching thing that's going to take a lot of time. But I do like to show them that we recognize and understand what your primary, primary problems are. I'm going to help you solve those. Here's some quick inspiration or some tips or something that's going to help you at least get one foot on that path. And then that sequence, first off, it can just kind of, like we talked about earlier, be focused on showing we understand you, we're here to help you, and I'm going to get you results. And doing that for some of these primary pain points gives you kind of the permission to then move into these later stages. Because again, engagement is going to be your best, your best metric for this to see if it's resonating. And you're going to know. I think this, is, this has never really failed me in the past. This always gets great engagement. So I would say for not getting overwhelmed, for starting simply, sit down, list out the questions you get all the time, uh, understand what the problem is in that question, list the content that you have that solves it, and then sit down and write those emails based on that, that kind of bridge between where they are and where they want to go using that content. Yeah, that framework that you're giving, super valuable because so many times we skip steps in the process, right? So mm -hmm. for me, all of the things that you have said, I have considered, but maybe just not in the order that you've mentioned. And I think too, the idea of remembering what you've already created and that you don't necessarily need to reinvent the wheel. It's all about listening, right? Active listening to your customers and your clients. And then if you don't have something created, creating it for them. So it sounds like it's something that's completely doable. I guess the bigger question is, do you have any suggestions on how long a sequence should be, the cadence of, of those emails? Those are the things I get hung up on too. More great questions. And again, these are things that I, I write those exact emails about because I get questions like this all the time. So it's, you're absolutely on point. And I would say it's a slightly unsatisfying answer, but it's the only right answer, which is as short as possible, but as long as necessary. And the reason I say that is because there's no value in turning something that can be done in three steps into 10 steps. If they can do it faster and more efficient, that's always going to be the better option. But don't make it so short that you actually don't have any meat on the bone. Like there needs to be enough in it that they can get a result or that they have enough time to do it. Because the other thing to remember is we're the ones behind our business. Like we know everything. We, we have like sort of the curse of knowledge, unfortunately, which is that like we're very familiar with our topic or the problem, but the people we're helping they might be at the beginning of their journey or they're just learning how to solve this problem. And so what we might think they can do in a few days, that might take them a couple of weeks to get that done. So having a very realistic understanding of what you're asking them to do. And again, a lot of this comes back to really understanding your customer, right? So customer development, surveying your audience, getting on the phone with your audience, understanding what they struggle with and how long this takes. 
even though I know that that's a, a very time intensive process, it is really essential. You, you have to be able to understand the needs of your audience. So I would say there's no one right answer to that, but in general, let's just say that for something like uh, maybe this lead magnet sequence, if it's uh, promising, you know, for them to be able to uh, create their first email sequence or something that, you know, it's not going to take them months, but they might not sit down and do it in 10 minutes either. So we need to understand, okay, well, some people might struggle a little bit more with writing the emails. And so it's going to take them a lot longer than somebody who's really comfortable writing. Or it might be that, well, there is some technology involved in getting it set up. Some people are very comfortable with that, but then other people are really going to be intimidated. So there's a lot of factors where when you understand your audience, you can make sure that you say, okay, you know what? I, I want to be able to include a few extra emails here uh, for the people that struggle with the technology, right? So I might, I might extend this by just a couple, a couple of emails to make sure that that's not a hang up for anybody going through it. That's, I know it's kind of like a, how long is a piece of string sort of answer to that, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't have an email sequence that necessarily goes more than probably a few weeks, just because you will see some attrition over time uh, with that. So, you know, it could be anywhere from a few days to maybe a few weeks, depending on how big that transformation is. But I would say if it extends too long, maybe think about breaking it up and then each, each sequence would kind of have a more achievable goal. So that way, first off, just from the reader's side, it feels like a little bit more of an achievable journey because same thing in curriculum development, right? There's a reason you don't want one lesson to be three hours long. You want it to be short where they feel like, oh, okay, I accomplished a thing. There's a start and an end. I achieved something. They get that little dopamine hit and then they kind of want to move to the next thing. I think that's also important the way that you would approach your curriculum to think about that in your email sequences as well. It doesn't always have to be you know, playing into the seven second attention span kind of idea here, but it is still good, I think, to uh, focus on delivering smaller results that have more kind of clear milestones and then moving them into a different stage of their journey. Excellent, excellent tips, thank you. Mm -hmm. I think that my next question is for the audience who most people listening to this podcast have courses or are launching a course, where in sort of an introduction sequence, so someone's come into your freebie, you've kind of walked them through solving a problem, where and when do you actually pitch your course? Another good question. And one that I would say depends partly on your philosophy in the business, because some people just generally don't like to be pitching too early. And then some people like to offer the course right away. And there's definitely not a right or wrong answer here. What I will say is when somebody joins your email list, they are kind of giving you permission to be able to make an offer to them. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be sleazy or salesy with it, but they're joining your list. So I, I do want to make sure that people don't feel uncomfortable presenting their offer either. Uh, what I usually like to do with that is when somebody joins a list personally, I think that I like to be able to know that I've delivered some result for them through whatever they opted in for before I make a direct pitch for the course. So for me, it probably won't be immediately within the first couple of emails because I want to make sure that whatever I, whatever they opted in for, if it's, you know, a checklist or if it's a free guide or, or some kind of step-by-step -step sequence that I help them actually get the result or solve that problem first, because again, that's going to build that initial level of trust so that by the time I do pitch the course, they already know that I can help them. So if I can do that within a few emails and really feel like, okay, they've gotten to know me a little bit, 
those first emails tell them a little bit about me and the brand and I can help deliver a result for them, then maybe by the fourth or fifth email that you send them, you're starting to show, hey, this is the next step. If you want to work with me on a, on a deeper level, then you can introduce the course and they've already gotten to know you a little bit. Now, again, another big factor here, to be honest, is the price point of your course because there's a big difference in the amount of friction for asking someone to sign up for a $197 course versus a $5,000 course, right? There's a lot more getting to know you. So that's another factor. Obviously, the, the more low ticket the course is, then the less time you might need to nurture that lead into becoming a customer. If it's a big ticket item, like, like a $5,000 course, then maybe you can introduce the course, but it would be more of maybe getting on a call to discuss it, you know, and you can kind of have a little bit more opportunity to, uh, to craft that, that pitch or build the relationship in a different channel than just email. But yeah, I would say it, it really depends. I've seen people that wait a couple of months before they introduce the course because it's a high ticket and they really want to, to nurture their leads a lot. And then other people do introduce it in the very first email. So it's, again, not, not a one size fits all answer there, but I would say look at first prioritizing building the trust through giving them what they opted in for and getting the result with that. And then you can leverage that into the pitch for your full ticket. Makes sense. Makes sense. I have seen a strategy used, which I think is a great one. And so I'm just going to throw it out and see if you would agree. If you're not sure whether you want to be pitching right away in the first, first few emails, I've seen people put like footers on their email sequence where it allows people to click out to maybe the sales page to their course or their program, but it doesn't necessarily direct people to it but it allows those that are interested in learning more about you to perhaps click on those links without the pitch. How do you feel yeah. about that? Well, I love it. And this is, this is some stuff I think in, in the next episode that we'll get into, which is some more advanced strategies. So I'll, I'll touch on it here. So it's not too much of a cliffhanger, but this is where you can use a lot of the different automation technology to really start personalizing the message that you put in front of different people. So absolutely, there's, there's a lot of different approaches for putting it in the footer. Sometimes it's called a super signature and, uh, or like sometimes I'll use it as kind of this like featured course at the bottom where even the formatting of it feels like it's kind of a, a separate footer and it doesn't detract from the main message in the copy. It comes off much less aggressive that way. So you absolutely can do that. Uh, there's other strategies where you can include almost a little navigation bar beneath your logo in the the email and same kind of thing that can drive traffic to it without feeling like it's, it's aggressive right away. Um, but also, and again, this is just a little bit of a teaser for what we'll talk about in the next episode. You can track opens and clicks and different behaviors within emails. And so a lot of times what I like to do is I'll introduce some topics that are very close to my course, right? It, it's not just going to be a direct pitch for it, but it might be uh, one of the main overarching themes or the problem solved. And I'll link to a piece of content that is really closely related to that. And if they click on multiple pieces of content that show they're at a stage where they're maybe actively trying to solve that problem, well, now I know they're interested and they're trying to solve that right now. So they've kind of given me permission to make an offer because I know it's more relevant to them. So for example, if, if we're teaching somebody, you know, how to make seven figures on their course, that's a very different person than someone who's just trying to come up with ideas for their course and pitching both of them on the exact same product probably isn't going to make sense. But if we put out a piece of content in an email and it's around how to generate ideas for your first course, 
Well, someone who clicks on that might be a much better fit to pitch them on a product that's around the seven steps to launching your first course versus if somebody is trying to get to seven figures and they click on a piece of content, which is maybe more of, you know, hiring a customer support team to manage your, uh, your, your course inquiries or things like that. Well, that's only going to be relevant to somebody who has a big enough course. They have a team managing it. So them clicking on that is going to be sort of a raised hand to let me know maybe my next email I send them, I should include this course that's on scaling to seven figures. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm excited too about the advanced strategies because that was a bit of a teaser. Yeah. Um, and I already <laughs> learned a couple of things just listening um, there. So that's great. I'd love to know more about your course. And I believe it's called Email Made Easy System. And Correct, I'd love yes. to learn a little bit more about it and sort of how it came to be. Like, how did you develop your own course? Because you know, we are speaking to course creators here. So they tap into your process a little bit too. Yeah. Well, thanks for asking. I probably should have brought up a little bit more of that background at the beginning here. Um, so I own an email marketing agency and for the last about six years or so, I've been really focused on helping content creators, coaches, consultants, and some other larger brands on building out all of their evergreen email automation systems, because I had people coming to me all the time that were just burnt out from social media and content creation. And they just felt like they were on the hamster wheel, like always having to create more, more, more. And then it kind of disappears after a day or so. And it just wasn't really delivering the results that they wanted. And plus, I mean, anybody who's been on social media long enough knows that that can burn you out just by constantly having to be involved with the engagement through there as well. Uh, and so if you had people coming in saying, look, I really want something more evergreen, you know, something where I can just focus on driving people into a lead magnet. And then I've got a system that can help nurture and convert them because everybody knows that there's a lot of potential in email, but like we've talked about, the strategy can get a little bit complicated. And since I've been doing this for hundreds and hundreds of brands, I realized there's a lot of the same strategies that work for, for all these types of brands, especially when we dial it in more towards people that produce a lot of content and they sell info products because really at the, at the core of that business model is trust and being able to build your expertise. And you can do that very, very well through email. And I had so many people coming in, we were, you know, going through trainings like this and showing them these different strategies. And I just decided, you know, I think the truth is a lot of people don't want to learn email. They just want it to work for them. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's not that they want to understand every tactic, every strategy. It's that, look, I've got this really helpful content. I know how to help people. I just need a better system for getting it out there. And that's what I wanted to create with this was I want to provide the templates and the systems and the processes where you don't have to spend years learning all of it and becoming an email expert. You can plan out the experience that you want your subscribers to have and then use the tools and templates to just plug it in and create this turnkey system that operates 24 seven on the back end. Because that's what helps with the overwhelm. I can tell you so many people that get really ambitious sometimes and they want to take on, you know, they, they can see the potential of it and then want to kind of take on all these uh, strategies manually. But when you can automate it, that's really where the magic happens because then you can just refine it over time. You've got it in place. Even if you go on vacation, it's working for you. And so that was what I was most excited about with this was being able to kind of actually help people achieve a lot more of that business running on autopilot goal that we have uh, because the technology and the systems are out there when you have the strategies. So that's, that was the main goal here. That's awesome. And I, I think I hear this over and over again, the more times you really niche down and you've niched down into email marketing strategies and you serve 
client after client after client and the process is the same or a lot of the same issues and problems are coming up and that you solve with the same results, that's when you know that you have course content, right? You've got a documented process, you've tested it out, it's worked for multiple people and that's really the best time to be putting a course together. So how long have you had this course? Uh, just a few months actually, because it, it got to the stage where I couldn't take on more clients and so I felt bad turning people away, but I had people that had some teams or they were you know, ambitious and just wanted to set it up for themselves. So I said, okay, it's time that I get something out and actually put this together. So put it together, had, had some beta users go through it, got great results. I said, let's formalize this. Okay, let's actually sit down and do it. So put together the course, it's been going great and have honestly really enjoyed this side of it because agency work, is a, it's a very different approach and uh, being able to put out a course and see people then run with it and then come back with results is honestly really exciting. That's why I wanted to reach out because I thought this, there's a lot of potential here. It's very exciting to see when, because uh, now I've been on this side of it as well, launching a course. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's really rewarding, I think, to be able to put something out there that can work at scale. And that's something that you just can't necessarily do when you're, you're hands-on in agency work all the time. So this was really fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to checking it out and I'll make sure that all of the information is in the show notes below. Before we wrap up though, I just wondered if there's anything left that you think you would really like to tell a beginner. Is there anything related to mindset or, or workflow or, or just one of your better tips that you'd like to leave <laughs> us with today? I know I've left it pretty open-ended there. Well, I'm glad you did. I mean, you brought up mindset. And again, that's, that's my background. So I would say when it comes to email marketing, it's easy to get intimidated, like with any marketing activity out there and to get lost in the weeds. But an overarching tip, and this really applies beyond email as well. I always tell people, what would you do if they were sitting across the table from you? Because that's really the most human connection you're going to have. If somebody was sitting in front of you, you would work it out with them. You'd find a way to solve the problem. You'd ask questions. You'd be interactive. You wouldn't have somebody sitting across the table and just lecture at them. So that's what I say in your email marketing, get as close to that experience as possible and think about it like it's interactive because you'll get a much better result. If you imagine that every time I write an email, it's as if I'm having a conversation with somebody sitting across the table from me. And I mean, use that actually in the conversational tone, in the way that you might ask questions, not just speak to them. That's where you really start to find that email becomes your superpower beyond just social media. There's so much that you can do with it. It's a much more one-to-one -one channel by nature anyways. And so I think if you come in with the philosophy of if somebody was sitting across the table from me, what would I do? And then how do I get as close to that interaction as possible through email? You're gonna have much better results like that. Oh, I love that. I love that. You've certainly taken some of the fear out of email for me today. And I hope that others will feel the same because it is a necessary evil. We talked about it being a little evil earlier. Mm -hmm. And when we were, when we were, uh, before we hit record and, and it really, I think we've talked about the fact that it doesn't need to be overcomplicated and it doesn't need to be scary and you can bring your own personality to it and really think about your customer and your journey. And, and um, having a framework like yours to follow, though, can just take that much more pressure off 
um, knowing that it's a, a tested process. And so I, I recommend everybody to check out the email made easy system. I love the title. Easy is what we all want to offer some more ease and flow into our businesses. And I look forward to recording part two with you and getting that out into the world as well. So with those advanced strategies. So thank you so much for joining us today and we'll talk to you in the next episode. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Whether you're an email marketing newbie or you're just looking to level up with some simple, scalable systems, I encourage you to go to Joe's website, makeemaileasy.com and check out the email made easy system. Joe has taken all of his knowledge and expertise and created the email made easy system to be a simple solution to you turning your email list into a relationship-driven, revenue-fueling asset in your business. I know that this really intrigues me and I can't wait to dive into Joe's course. So if you're ready to unlock the hidden power and profit in your email list, go to makeemaileasy.com. And don't forget to tune in in a couple weeks where we talk about advanced email strategy.